Can we worship the Lord this morning? Yes. God, we just... Lord, I just pray that even right now, Lord, as we just sung, you'd silence fear in people's hearts and lives right now. God, we're living in a, a fearful time, God. Fear has just ravaged over the last few years, God. People's hearts and minds and, and uh, such uncertainty that we live in, God. But we're certain about you, Lord, and our trust is in you. And just pray that... Lord, you would move in hearts and move in lives and just, God, silence fear by your peace. Help us, I pray. Lord, I, I pray this morning for our brother JC's father who is, was rushed to the emergency services yesterday and now he's in the hospital, Lord. You know the situation and the circumstance. We pray that you'd lay your hand upon him and bless him and touch him, God. Uh, guard J.C.'s heart and mind with your peace as well. Lord, we pray for family members in this congregation and, and, and people that, that have uh, contracted COVID. Their households are in quarantine now. And just pray, Lord, you'd help them to, to get through this, God, and they'd come out of it really, really good, God, and call upon you as well during this time. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ over in the U Ukraine and over in Russia, Lord, and for that tumultuous thing that's happening over there, God, we just definitely pray for peace, and we pray that the church, God, would, would be instrumental, God, in, in getting your word out and, and bringing, you know, peace and calm in the land, and, and even for those brothers and sisters, Lord, who might be timid right now over there, and they're anxious and not knowing what tomorrow may bring, just give them hope in you and strengthen you. God, speak to us this morning from your word. We pray, God, that we would take a step towards you in, in our growth and spiritual maturation, and that everyone that's here this morning or watching online, God, we would leave or turn off the stream closer to you, Jesus. I pray this in Heavenly Father, in your Son, Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen? Yeah? Good morning. Good morning. This, this group's awake. Good morning. Yeah, there we go. All right. Yeah. Everybody feeling good? Thank you guys for joining us this morning here in person and on our online stream as well. It is a great morning, right? How many would raise your hand and agree it's a great morning? Good. Can we just give God praise? Can we just clap and give him praise? Come on. We clap for dignitaries, right? We clap for people that are important. We cheer for athletes. We go crazy for our favorite sports teams, right? So, man, I, God is so good to us. I think he deserves some praise. Amen. God, we just thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Wow. What a awesome first three weeks we've had here at the Isaacs. <laughs> you know, we, we've been really... Uh, getting to know quite a few of you guys, and uh, we're really enjoying that, and look forward to even getting to, more, more, getting to know more of you as the days and the weeks go by, and I think I'm learning the language of the coastal bend, you know, this Midwestern guy, if I can, you know, I, I've learned that there's a lot of acronyms that are, are, that are being used ar around here, you know, maybe I can get this right, so now I wrote this down so, so I can get it right, 
Before we closed on our house last week, we were staying at an Airbnb that was OTB, and to get there, you had to take the SBID, but I stopped and shopped at the HEB before coming to worship at the FOC. <laughs> Sound about right? It sounds like a, dang, give me a little drum beat. It sounds like a little rap, you know what I'm saying? H-E-B, P-I-D, you know, that kind of stuff. It's all good, right? Hopefully that works, all right. But honestly, though, you know, uh, thank you everyone that came and helped unload all of our junk at our house last week. There's quite a few that showed up. I guess that was a record time, 37 minutes. We were just like, throw it anywhere, throw it anywhere. You know, if it breaks, who cares? Uh, But that's all good. I know some were planning on coming later, and they're like, I got the text, I'm like, you're already done? Like, yeah, we're already done. Come over and get some coffee, but that's all right. But thank you, everybody. You know, we had planned to do a big moving party Saturday, but with the situation, we got, it got moved to Sunday, and, and that's okay. But enough of that. Let's get to the Word of God this morning. Sound great? If you got a Bible or a Bible app, you know, go to the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 3 this morning. And I want to be quick so that we can all get back home, prepare for church without walls and the big chili cook-off today. Yay, I'm looking forward to eating some Texas chili. All right. Um, You can follow along this morning in the Creek Notes. And if you are watching online, if you'll scroll down, you can see there's a link that you can download the Creek Notes as well to follow along in the message. And that's an awesome thing that's available to you online as well. So... I'm starting, this is the, let's see, I spoke January 9th, and Jonathan spoke, I spoke last week, was dead tired, you know what I mean? So you can tell I've got a little bit more energy today, I got good night's sleep, so I'm very excited about that. But I I wanted to start a series, I mentioned it last week, I'm starting a series today that we're calling The Starting Line. So tell that to somebody, say the series is called The Starting Line, tell that to somebody sitting next to you. Because, yeah. Because as I stated in my message on January 9th, this is a new chapter at the Fellowship of Oso Creek. And we're starting new, we're starting fresh, and we are ready to advance the kingdom of God. One amen. I don't think you guys heard me. Everybody clean your ears out, all right? We are ready to advance the kingdom of God. Everybody goes crazy. Woo! Right? All right, yeah. Can you tell I had good sleep last night, yeah? I didn't even use my CPAP machine. That's okay. All right, we're ready to advance the kingdom of God. So I want to ask you, is, is anybody here a runner or a racer? Okay, I see one hand. That's right. That's, that's our, our, our boy, uh, Josh Taylor. He's training for a triathlon in May, right? So, so he's really going to get this, uh, this message. And I, I noticed that Erin uh, Prayer, she's uh, working with our kids this morning, she posted, when the title slide for this series came up, the, the starting line, she posted, you know, hey, let's do a group run after church. I, there wasn't a whole lot of, I'll sign up, me, I'll get my shoes, let's go. Matter of fact, everybody's like, um, no, cut it, that's not, that's not my, my thing, right? Okay. Look, the truth is, guys, spiritually, maybe not physically, but spiritually, we are in a race. Spiritually, we are all in a race. This journey of faith that we're all on is a race. That is what the Apostle Paul is referencing in the text that we're about to read. And every race has a start. Every race has a starting line where where the racers are, are kneeling 
Or they're standing, depending on the race, and they're anxiously awaiting, with anxious breaths, waiting for the starting gun to go off and everybody to take off in the race. Now, I, you guys were spared this morning. I, I put it on Facebook, but I thought about wearing, you know, my 80s uh, cross-country outfit with the really 80s short shorts. If, if, any, any children of the 80s, anybody know? Okay, and the tank top with a big old headband. But Megan, my wife, she's in the kids' ministry right now. She was no. No, we're not going to do that, okay? But every race has a starting line where the racers are ready to go. And so as we have started this new chapter in the ministries of Fellowship of Oso Creek, look, we are all at the starting line right now. Whether you are uh, you know, one of the charter members of this local congregation, You've joined 10 years ago, you joined 15, you joined 8 years. Maybe you just started attending and joining just a month ago. Listen, we are all together at the starting line right now. It's like it's a new race meet for Team Fellowship of Oso Creek. Now, when I ran track and field, and I'll talk about some of those glory days here in a minute, but, uh, you know, we had different meets, and we'd go travel around. And so this is like a new race meet for this church. We're like the, the fourth set of lead pastors here, Megan and I. And, and we all find ourselves kneeling at the starting line ready right here, right now. So for the next few weeks in this series, I want to talk about some things that are right up front, right at the starting line, so that we can all be on the same page. So that you and I, so we all will know what we believe. We're going to talk about doctrine. What we need to do. We're going to talk about action. And so that as you know, newbies here, you know, Megan and I, you, we'll, we'll, you'll learn our heart, and we can talk about some vision. So as this race begins, look, I want everybody to realize we are running together, okay? We're running this race together. So, so as I mentioned, I'm praying, I'm kind of wanting this series to be a series of messages that, that just puts us all on the same page in this race, in this new chapter, and we start this thing together. So are you ready? Are you ready? Good. If you're online and you feel like doing it, comment that I'm ready, okay? So the first message in this series I'm calling Eyes Ahead. Eyes Ahead. Now we're about to read our text, Philippians chapter 3, and in the third chapter of the New Testament book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul starts talking about how he counts all of his human endeavors, all of his human achievements, and, and he was quite the guy if you study the life of the Apostle Paul, but, but he accounts all that human achievement as nothing compared to knowing Christ and living for Christ and becoming one with Jesus Christ. He also writes how he desires to grow into spiritual maturity, becoming perfect, and, and how he desires to even share in Christ's sufferings, even to share in Christ's death so that he would know the full power of the resurrection. But he knows and he understands that he is not there yet. So as we start reading in verse 13, our text is just two verses today, 13 and 14 of the, of the book of Philippians chapter 3, he writes, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. All those things I just said, complete spiritual maturity and perfection that he is striving for, to be so much like Christ. 
He hasn't achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So when, when we received the vote to come be pastors here, this was, I mean, right away the Lord put this scripture on my heart to, to really kind of launch and kick things off with. And, you, you know, it, it's interesting to me, I mentioned if you study the, the life of the Apostle Paul, but I'm not sure people realize this next statement, but we see that it's true biblically. The Apostle Paul was a big sports fan. How many of you guys realize that? Anybody? One of you? Two? Okay. A lot of people don't realize that, but if you study his writings, you'll realize that the Apostle Paul enjoyed a good athletic event. But now look, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody, I don't want to make anybody upset, but the Apostle Paul would not be a Dallas Cowboys fan. Come on. You see, he wouldn't be, you know, a Houston fan. Uh, he, he wouldn't even be an Indianapolis Colts fan. Matter of fact, many Colts fans are like, oh, I just want to be quiet for a little bit, all right? The Apostle Paul would be a Saints fan. You guys get it? Oh, come on, let that one roll up. Come on. Saints, the Saints of God, come on. He would definitely cheer for God's team, Notre Dame, okay? All right, never mind. <laughs> That's all right. Let's get back to the word, all right? Anyway, you've got to understand and know the culture to know, you know, why the Apostle Paul is writing this way. He would have had to have been a key observer in certain athletic events that were held. During his day and where he was in this region of Greece, there was the Pythian or Delphic Games, there was the Isthmian or Corinthian Games, the Nemean Games, and there were the Olympic Games. These were great events and great games and athletic contests that, that, were, that were held in these four areas of Greece, okay? And so Paul is writing to the Christians at Philippi, and, and most likely they would immediately understand the symbolism and the typology in his writing here in regards to using an athletic event to describe and illustrate the spiritual life. I mean, I could just, if you look at his writings, you can just imagine the Apostle Paul attending one of these events, you know, and he's sitting there with his Grecian popcorn, and maybe he gets mad because as his favorite runner was running, he stands up to cheer, and his popcorn spills everywhere. Anybody else do that? Yeah? I have. And you're like, oh, my pop, keep going, oh, keep going, you know, and you just, there's that dichotomy of frustration and elation that could have happened, right? Look at some of the verses from the New Testament books authored by the Apostle Paul, and, and you can catch his fandom for athletic events of his day in some of his writings. I, I, they'll be on the screen as I read them, and, and I've given the reference in the Creek Notes. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Listen to this. He writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? Only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. He's talking about racing there. Galatians 5, 7. He writes, You were running well. You were running well. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. He says, train yourself. You know, train like an athlete. Verse 8 in 1 Timothy 4 says, physical training is 
good, but training for godliness is much better. The very next letter to young Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 6-7, Paul writes, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And then Hebrews 12 and 1, many uh, theologians uh, believe that the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews. He was the author. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. So the Apostle Paul completely understands racing and races. And that's what he's talking about and referencing in our text. And as I mentioned, we as individual believers and we as a church together are in a race. Individually and corporately. You know, in my message on January 9th, and I referred to this already, but I mentioned that the Christian Life is a journey, but guys, it's more like a cross-country meet than it is a hundred-yard dash in the track and field. Guys, the Christian life is a marathon. It's a marathon, a long-distance race, not a sprint. And as runners in this race, listen, we have one objective, right? One objective, the runners that run in a race, they have one objective, they race to win. They race to win. There was a very popular NFL player, and then he became a coach, and now he's a TV analyst. His name's Herm Edwards. He made a very famous soundbite when he was coaching the New York Jets, and this soundbite will now live in infamy forever. And he says, the greatest thing about sports is you play to win the game. So you don't just play to play, you play to win the game. Well, the apostle Paul beat him to this motto thousands of years earlier. Paul writes, you run to win. That's what Paul's writing about. You don't just run to run, you run to win. You run to win. That's the main objective in a race is to win. If you if you're a fan of movies, I'm a big fan of movies. And and I I'll throw quotes and stuff out all the time, but Anybody ever watched the movie City Slickers? It's an older movie. One person. Remember, he went up to the old cowboy Curly and he's like, what's the meaning of it? It's like this one thing. You know, this one. He just held up his finger and then he died. He's like, what is it? You know, when the race, there's one thing. It's to win, gang. To win. So how do we do this? How do we win in this spiritual race? As we're at the starting line, and and maybe we can see the goal, how do we win? Listen, Paul talks about it in our text. Here's the how. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead and pressing on. Pressing on. Forgetting the past, eyes ahead, looking forward to what lies ahead and pressing on. That's very important. Forgetting the past. P-A-S-T, and eyes ahead looking forward. You've got to forget what lies behind you, as the ESV translation states it. Forget the past. Forget what lies. Forget what is back there. 
behind you. Why would the Apostle Paul write this? He wrote this because the Apostle Paul had a horrible past. You know, when he writes these letters, you know, he's the Apostle Paul, you know. But before that, before his encounter, his face-to-face encounter with Jesus, he was a bad dude. Hunted down Christians. Killing Christians. He even says, hey, I was a violent, I was an insolent man. In Paul's writings, he's always confessing how messed up he was. Even in 1 Timothy 1.15, he calls himself the chief or the very worst of sinners. And you got to be pretty bad to call yourself the worst of sinners, right? But you see, he realized that, that he wasn't going to let his past hold him back. Or delay him in his race. You know, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're watching online right now. Maybe it's three weeks, six months after I've given this message. And you're watching the stream. But maybe you've allowed your past to hinder you in your race. Maybe you've allowed your past to delay you and slow you down in your race. Maybe you felt like your past has disqualified you from being able the race at all. I, I can't serve God. He can't love me. I've done too much wrong. I've done too much bad. How can a loving God look at me? Look, take the lesson from the Apostle Paul and just forget about it, you know, as the Godfather would say. Bad reference. I'll, I will hear about that from Megan later. No, it's all right. Forget about it. If you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, Romans chapter 8, one ver- uh, chapter 8 verse 1 says, there's no more condemnation on you. You are free to live for Jesus, praise the Lord. So forget about your past. Don't let it hinder you and slow you down in the race. The Greek word for forget here that the Apostle Paul's writing in, guess what the Greek word means? The Greek word for forget means to Forget. It just means to forget, which our dictionary means to simply put out of one's mind. Oh, Greg, it's so hard. My, my past, I mean, it's, it's, listen, the enemy will use your past to slow you down, to delay you, to, to get you on the sidelines. The enemy will use your past to, to make you stay and just be an observer, not a participant in the race. But listen, when he tries to bring your path up, all you do is just simply put out of your mind and just remember the cross of Christ and who you are in Jesus Christ. And I, might, I know what many of you Creekers might be thinking right now, those of you that have been here for, for many, many years, decades even, you know, when, when I say to, to forget the past, put it out of one's mind, you, you may say, Greg, I get the point that you're making regarding our personal past. But you're talking about the church here in this message as well, right? And and are you actually asking us to forget about the wonderful past that we've had here at Fellowship of Oso Creek? Not at all. Not at all. And I don't think that's the essence of what the Apostle Paul is writing about either regarding good moments in life with the wins and the celebrations and those types of things. And, and, and this church, the Fellowship of Oso Creek, has had a wonderful history that many of you here and online have been a big part of. And I'm not up here suggesting that you just put that out of your mind in the past and, okay, here we go, you know. Let the past be the past. Now, that's not it at all. 
Sometimes in the good things, it's good to remember and, 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 and we can recollect and, and, and see where God has brought us. But listen, there is a danger that lurks for churches just as it does personally as individuals. And I, I've seen churches fall into this danger. If not careful, and I believe this is what the Apostle Paul is writing about, we can do what I discussed on January 9th. We can hold on to our past, here it is again, with closed fist, okay? We won't let it go. And we'll just hold on to it with such closed, tight fist that we're actually staring backwards. We've almost, I know this is not, I was in drama and theater and stuff, and I know you never turn your back to the audience, but this is how, most, how some believers are. It's like, I'm, I'm holding on to the past. It was so good. Those were the good old glory days, praise God. But, but you see how you're facing? You see what you're looking at? It actually makes you turn backwards. This happens a lot with people and their past, and churches with their past glories. And what the Apostle Paul is saying and writing about in these types of things is don't hold on to them in a way that's keeping you from moving forward. Don't let them hinder you or slow you down or, or even worse, don't let them derail you in your journey forward. Yeah, there's great moments in the past, win celebrations, but there's a goal ahead. There's more is what the Lord is saying. And don't we do that a lot? A lot of times when we're all in this race, we'll still try to keep hold of this stuff back here, right? No one runs a race by looking backwards. That's one of the first things. And if if you ever were in track and field or cross country, they tell you, keep your eyes forward. Don't look back. Don't look back. But often in a race, you want to, are they coming close? Are they coming close? Are they coming close? But when you do this, you lose focus. When you look back, it takes your eyes off the finish line. And it slows you down. Imagine the top runners in the world. I mean, the fastest people in the world. Imagine if they just started running their races, looking back, looking. I guarantee you one thing, they wouldn't be top runners in the world anymore. Because they'd always be looking back. Instead, the Apostle Paul says that we are to keep our focus on what's ahead of us. Eyes ahead. Eyes frontward focused. You keep your eyes focused to where you're headed, where you are going. Because the moment you start, when you start looking back, guys, it slows you down, takes your focus off. So where are we headed as a church? Where are you headed as an individual believer? Where are you going? As a church, souls saved. Souls growing in Christ and obtaining life forever. Uh, Becoming a spiritual family that's pressing on, pressing forward together as a church. As individuals, spiritual growing every day, drawing near and near to the Lord and growing into spiritual maturity. 
We get the summation of Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 15, in which our text is included that the Apostle Paul was calling these Christian believers in the, the, the city of Philippi to keep moving forward in their Christian lives. To keep moving forward like a, a, a runner in the race who doesn't have time, wasting time looking behind them. No, keep looking forward towards the goal. That's what today's message is about. That's what this whole series is about. As we, you know, it's still January. It's a, it's a new year for all of us. We start this new chapter at Fellowship of Oso Creek. Keep moving forward, eyes ahead. And Paul wasn't just referring to the, the believers in the city of Philippi. Now we get the inclination from him that he wasn't personally satisfied where he was in his walk with Christ as well. And gang, if a guy like the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary that this world has ever seen, wasn't satisfied with his Christian walk, my goodness, how can we be satisfied with where we are? If even the Apostle Paul wasn't satisfied, how dare we go, ah, I think I'm doing okay in Jesus Christ. Let me get a little pat on my shoulder, right? <laughs> I know I'm like Paul. Man, I, I, I'm far from satisfied, far from satisfied with where I am in Jesus Christ. I personally want to grow in Christ so much more this year. I need to grow. I need to grow like more like Christ in my thoughts, in my words, in my actions, in my attitudes, in my behaviors, in how I do life. I need to grow to be more like Christ. I want to grow to be more like Christ every single day. And although we, the Isaacs, have been here for three weeks and we've noticed some awesome things here about Fellowship of Oso Creek, we are already not satisfied where, where, where this church is. God has so much more planned. You hear me? You hear me? God has so much more planned, right? You see, the Apostle Paul is talking about a goal, G-O-A-L in our text of Philippians 3. A goal. The Greek word for goal that he uses, it's referencing either the finish line of the race or, or an archery target that you shoot an arrow and, and, and hit the bullseye. God has a goal for you personally. He has a plan for you, a target. God has a goal for this church, a plan, a target. There's a target for all of us to, to, to be shot towards individually and corporately. You know, there's no such thing as a believer who's just standing still. You guys you realize that, right? I mean, what is the definition? If you are not moving forward, you're actually kind of backing up, right? You can't just be, you know, here I am. I'm a believer and just standing. I'm not growing. I'm not moving. No, no. Biblically, we're to be moving and moving. No such thing as a standing still believer, comfortable, complacent, lethargic, spiritually lazy, wasting opportunities. You don't see the Apostle Paul writing to be any of those kinds of things, right? No. Yet there are a lot of believers who don't have this aggressive attitude in the race that the Apostle Paul is referencing. They're just walking or strolling or taking it easy. Some aren't even pursuing the goal. They're not running to win. They're not running to win. Comfortable clicking on the live stream and turning it off. 
Comfortable coming in on a Sunday morning. You just slide in, get your name badge, and you get a cup of coffee and you slide out. Then you live life the other six days. There's a no aggressive press. There's no vision for the goal. It's just doing life as it comes along. And sadly, there's a lot of believers who are just lagging behind, and they're okay with that. In middle school, I ran cross country. Anybody else run cross country in here? Josh, I knew you would raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand anymore, okay? Because we get, you are, a, a, especially a triathlon. That's, yeah, okay. Why did I ever decide to start running in a sport called cross country? I will never know. Not cross the street or cross the, cross country, okay? Even the name implies that was a long, long race consisting of miles, okay? But when, you know, when we were all together, when the race started, remember everybody's at the starting line and we didn't kneel in the three-point stance, it was kind of like this, okay? When the gun went off, everybody starts running. Now, Megan told me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Never mind. That's a slow run, wasn't it? No, but as everybody starts running, there was the lead pack. You know, these were the overachievers, and they all of a sudden just, whoop, quick separation from the rest of the group. And I watched, I was not part of the lead pack, I'll just let you know right now. Uh, But they began to trot and move forward, and and pretty soon, that whole lead pack, was just one or two, it was a whole pack of them. They just went off in the distance, and I, I didn't see them anymore, okay? That's how slow I was, all right? Um... So the temptation of running cross-country was, and I'm running, I'm like, hey, I'm not in the lead pack. And the gallery of fans, or the, you know, is, is, they're way back at the starting line. There's, there's nobody out here. I hear birds tweeted, and okay, I'm going to stop doing that. I don't have to jog. Uh, slow trot. I, there's trees. It's beautiful. You know, it's cross-country, so there's beautiful scenery, okay, you know. But I'm tempted just to not, you know, look at that. But I'm, oh, beautiful. Oh, nice. And I'm, there's nobody else around me. I seem to be all by myself. So maybe I'll just sit down right here. Take it easy. Relax a little bit. I'll finish when I finish. The temptation was just to coast along, right? The finish line wasn't going anywhere. And even if I came in seven hours later, the scores would still be there going, where is this guy? You know, but... The finish line was still there. I'll just finish when I finish. I'll take my time. Oh, there's a guy from my team or the other team. Maybe we can just chat and talk and walk and, and just have a good time, right? But gang, that, that wasn't the right attitude to have. That wasn't running to win. That was, that was just running. And even if I couldn't cross with the, the, the finish line with the winning pack, the lead pack, I had personal goals to achieve, and I could still score points for my team depending on when I finished the race. You see, we were a team, and everybody's points accumulated for a team win, and we were in this together, so I had to raise to win. Didn't matter where the lead pack was. Didn't matter where I was in the course. I still had to race to win because we were a team. And I I fear that there's too many believers and churches who are just jogging at a slow trot, far too complacent. They're busy with all kinds of aspects of life. I'm too this to worry about winning. I will finish when I finish. And that is 100% the opposite attitude of what the Apostle Paul is urging in our text. It's urgent 
We have a race to win. And you can, win, you can live a more meaning and fuller life when, when you're that arrow that's flying towards the bullseye. You know, when you're growing like Christ and becoming more like Jesus Christ. Why all this talk? That was the pattern that was set before us by the apostles. They knew they had to grow in Christ. When you study their writings in the New Testament, you're going to find out their big goal was to become like Jesus Christ, to grow in him. And again, just like the apostle Paul, if the apostles felt like they had to grow in Christ, how much more do we need to grow in Jesus Christ to continue to press on and keep racing, right? You see, one day we will all stand before the Lord. We will all give an account of how we lived our lives for him, Romans 14, 12. You and I will have to give an account. And you know, sometimes in this life where it's so hectic and a tornado of business, it's easy to get our priorities and our focus out of place. Just like this one guy, he was a really wealthy man one day. He was driving his brand new 2022 BMW. He had an accident, a very bad accident. The car was totaled. A policeman came upon the scene, and, and, and him and some others finally got the man out. And, and the, the man, he was kind of limping, but he looked at his car and said, Oh, my BMW, my BMW, it's wrecked, it's ruined. And the police officer said, said, sir, forget about your BMW. You've had a a horrible crash and and your whole arm, your left arm is severed up here at your shoulder. We got to get you to the hospital quickly. He looked at it. Then the man started going, oh, my Rolex, my Rolex. He had his priorities misplaced. You guys get it? His left arm was gone and he, you got it. We'll let it roll through here. His priorities was out of place. His focus was off. This series is called The Starting Line. And the race is the beginning. And to win, you have to do one focused act. Letting go of what's behind, reaching for what's ahead. I, and two weeks ago, I did this, an open hand, closed fist, but here it is again. And letting go of this, reaching for what's ahead. Keep your eyes ahead to where you're headed, where you're going. So as I begin to close this quickly, what's ahead? What is ahead for us? The prize. The prize. How many of you love a good prize? Man, I remember going to baseball games and we get like Cracker Jack boxes and there was a prize inside. Anybody else? Yeah, we, we would always, my household, when I grew up, was a cereal household. That was like a main meal, and we would shop for cereal boxes depending on the prize that was inside. You know what I mean? It's like, Mom, we want to get this one because it's like this, okay, all right? In Paul's day, the winning racer was crowned with a a crown made of olive leaves or laurel leaves or pine leaves. But the sad thing is those crowns were only temporary. They they faded. They, They withered and died. They wouldn't last in 1 Corinthians 9.25, the Apostle Paul, he talks more about our prize, and he notes that our prize, it will be lasting. It will last forever. It's not going to be a crown that fades away. And we want to win individually. We want to help people win as a church. And the prize is growing and maturing in Christ. And eventually gaining the crown of life, Revelation 2.10.
and gaining the crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Those sound wonderful. I mean, while we're here growing and maturing and then finally getting the crown of life and the crown of righteousness where we'll be perfected, incorruptible and eternal, living in God's perfect presence and power. We will be worshiping and serving God forever and all of eternity. Sign me up, right? And as a family, we win together. As a church family, listen, we we do this together. My last illustration before we pray is at the Seattle Special Special Olympics in 2018, there, there were nine contestants in a race, and they, they were all physically or mentally disabled and ready to run and, and, and ready to go for their prize. And they were all assembled at the starting line for the 100-yard dash. And at, at, at the gun, they all started out not exactly in a dash, but with this such excitement and relish to run the race, to finish, and to win. All that is except one little boy. He, he stumbled at the asphalt and he tumbled over a couple times and he started to begin, you know, he sat there on the asphalt and he began to cry. So the other eight contestants, they heard the boy cry and they all slowed down and they looked back and they all turned back and went to this boy, every single one of them. And, and one precious girl with Down syndrome, she, she bent down and kissed him and said, this will make it all better. And then not all nine of them linked arms together and they walked to the finish line. Everyone in the stadium stood up. They were cheering them on for several, several, several minutes. That is a beautiful picture of how the church should be in this race together. Helping each other win. Encouraging, encouraging each other to press on to press on. You know, I, I mentioned my beautiful cross-country days. And I mentioned how there was that temptation out in the field in the country to kind of just take it easy. But there was something, something very special that when, when I would turn the corner wherever the race was and you saw the finish line and the fans, and, you know, they're, back, they're parents. They weren't fans. They were parents, you know, going, man, what am I doing here? Come on, kid, let's go. You know, my poor dad and mom. When I'd see them down there, something happened. I saw that finish line, and man, I just, I would kick it in gear, man. Something happened. I would, I would start running as hard as I could. I would start passing guys left and right. That got me going. That gave me even more juice, and I would finish the strongest that I could. I'm like, yes. It didn't matter that I walked half the course. The last stretch, I ran as hard as I could, right? <laughs> but gang, that, that's just it. I believe that our finish line is just in sight. Christ's return is super near. Revelation 3.11, Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have so that no one will take your crown. Listen, as a church and as individual believers, let's kick it into another gear and run to win. Run to the mark. Run to obtain the goal. There's the finish line. Let's go. As a church, Souls, people finding Christ, growing in Him, discipleship, sanctification, as individuals running your personal race to win and taking as many loved ones with you as you can. What time is it? Good. So how you run in the race? Online? 
People here this morning, how are you running your race? Are you running it well? Are you running it with that aggressiveness that the Apostle Paul saw? Are you pressing? Are you, are you straining towards the finish line? Maybe you need to recommit to the Lord. Maybe you, you've delayed. Maybe you've been distracted. Maybe your focus has been taken away, right? Maybe you're tired. You're running. You're exhausted. Listen, the Lord's handing a, a cup of water for you. You know, like in a race, there's these people that you just grab it as you're racing. There's refreshing in the Lord. Be refreshed in His presence. Even right now, today, be refreshed. Maybe you're watching, you're here, and you're ready to quit. You've had enough. You're, you're finished. It's like, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't know if I can keep going anymore. Listen to the Apostle Paul's words in Galatians 6, 9. Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, you'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Don't give up. Run to win the prize. Recommit to the Lord. Pick up the pace. Pick up the urgency. Maybe even get back in the race and race to win. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I haven't had that urgency. I've been comfortable just doing church, just doing my own thing. No. Lord, infuse me with that urgency from your Holy Spirit to race, to win, to press, to keep going. Maybe you're watching or you hear that you, you've never even entered the race. You've just stood there. i got a microphone, so I don't want to cross my But you're just watching everybody else race. You're like, maybe one day I'll get in the race. Maybe one day. Listen. There's a time when this race is going to end. You will stand before the Lord. You will give an account. And if you're hearing this message, you'll be without excuse. Christ died for you. He rose again from the dead for you. And he wants you to live with him in eternity. Make him your savior. Make him your Lord. Let's pray this morning. You spend time with God right where you are. This is sacred time. This isn't just a time where we just, part of the service where we want to just rush through and then we leave and have chili cook-off. There can be eternal implications happening right now. If you want to get in the race, make Christ your Savior. Make Him your Lord. The Apostle Paul writes in the book of Romans that if we confess Jesus is the Lord with our mouths and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we'll be saved. 1 John, the book of 1 John, the author writes that if we confess we're sinners, He'll come in, He'll wash us, He'll cleanse us, and make Him, make us like Him. You say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I choose you today. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead for me. I want to live for you, Jesus. And from here on out, I'm calling you my Savior, my Lord. And I want to live like you. Forgive me. I repent of my sins. And I look to you. You do that. You're part of the family of God. That's what the Word says. 
Maybe you've been a believer for a long time. Maybe this is new to you, but you, you've made Christ your Savior and your Lord. You're online, you're here, but, but you're exhausted, you're tired, you're worn out, you're stressed out. You feel like quitting the race. You feel like just stepping on the sidelines. It's like, I can't see the goal anymore. Man, be strengthened this morning. I pray for you right now. Lord, just strengthen your children. Lord, put an urgency in us to race, to win, to press, to be like the Apostle Paul. To where the, the finish line is right there, so we're going to lean towards it. We're going to reach for it. God, I know that some, the, the devil has been using their past to slow them down, to hinder them, to keep them down, to keep them complacent, to keep them out of church, to keep them thinking that, they, that you can't love them. Lord, let them be free right now in the name of Jesus from that condemnation. Let them realize what you've done for them at the cross and they are free. The word says who the Spirit says is free indeed. Hallelujah. And let them run, Lord, with endurance. Quicken us, Lord. Let us recommit ourselves to you right now to run this race to win as individuals and as a church as a church body, because there are souls all around us. Thank you, Lord, that there are hundreds of churches preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ here in this area right now, but there's still thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who do not know you as their Savior and Lord. So help us as a church to run to win as we stand on the starting line ready to go. Help us, Holy Spirit. We need your strength. We need your conviction. We need your empowerment. We need your help in this race because we can't do it on our own. We need the quickening, Lord, of your spirit to help us to run with endurance the race that's set before us. Hallelujah. You feel his presence this morning? He is here in an awesome way. Let him move in your heart. You online. Be refreshed by his presence. It's like grabbing a cold cup of water right in the middle of the race and just dousing our head with it. Lord, douse us with your presence and refresh us and renew us in this race, I pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Let's race to win. Let's run to win. Make that your goal and aim as an individual believer and as a church. Let's do this together. Let's run to win the prize. Amen? Amen? Look, we're going to sing a song. Jonathan's going to come up and give an announcement or two or three or four or five or ten. I'll be up here at the end as people are leaving. If you want prayer, you need prayer, come find me. I'll pray with you. If you've made Christ your Savior and your Lord, even if you're online, send us an email. Call the church office. Make a testimony of what you've done today. Testify of Christ in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord.